Got Your Ears On is brought to you by Tactical Legion 9. Alright everybody, hello and welcome to this week's episode of Got Your Ears On. Guido here along with Scoop. Hair growing. And Judson. Axe throwing son of a gun. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's good to be back boys. We've got a lot to talk <laughs> about. so ridiculous. Why would we say those things? <laughs> well, I'll tell you why we would say those things. Because our friend Guido here is doing just that. Yeah, in the growing during, during, out the hair. And during throwing the breaks. Out. Yeah, during yeah. the break. That's the act. Yeah. We're just saying the activities he's been doing during the break. That's all. Well, you know, like, you remember, I, I mean, you know, over, uh, whenever you took a long break, you, th- you stop shaving, yeah. you stop grooming, you let the hair grow out. Maybe that's what it is. We, right. we haven't been doing the podcast as much. We're taking these two-week breaks. Uh, I'll let the hair grow a little bit. We'll see what happens. Get a little loose, Scoot. Uh, <laughs> fast and loose with the hair. Fast and loose with their hair. Well, uh, WVU was a little fast and loose with the football at the WVU spring game, Johnson, that happened uh, two weeks ago. And we uh, did we learn anything? We saw a lot of quarterbacks play. I'm not sure any of those quarterbacks are going to be the ones that we see in the fall, but I think the overall kind of thought behind everything is that Goose actually looked pretty good. Yeah, that's the interesting thing, isn't it, about the quarterback situation? Do you think any of these guys – are the ones you'll see in the fall. I think the prevailing opinion coming out of the spring game, Guido, was people thought Goose looked really good. People thought overwhelmingly, though, and I say people thought, Mountaineer Twitter felt like uh, they thought Nico should be the backup for JT Daniels, who you know didn't really, didn't really give uh, anything for the eyeballs at the spring game, but goose played really well. Now I don't think anyone played bad. I think people just walked away thinking, Hey, goose looked, goose looked really good. He was mobile, slung the ball around. Um, and scoot, I think people probably are hoping, you know, to me, there's like a lot of hope and like spring games are, I don't know how much real football you see, like these guys can't get touched. So if there's any time they're going to look good. uh, Yeah. Like if there's any time they're going to look good, it's probably going to be here. Right. Cause you, you, mm -hmm. you know, they can't get touched. They're kind of free flowing, doing what, doing what they want. So, but I, even, even though that being said, uh, it looked like goose performed really well. Yeah. I, it's a weird setup. Sometimes there's coaches on the field. Uh, some of those guys were wearing those marshmallows on top of their helmets. Right. Um, it's just a, it's an unusual thing. You do get to see glimpses of what could be pretty sweet, but at the same time, no one wants to get hurt, right? Because then you're looking at like, oh man, I just got hurt before I well, and that always feels the worst, doesn't it? Like we've had that, we've had that bad luck actually. You know, not only spring game, but preseason um, yeah. injuries so you definitely don't want to do those things that's why they're wearing marshmallows on their head scoot i mean come on you take all precautions i think the one thing that came out of it that was kind of interesting though and sort of the play or the thing that everybody talked about was goose throwing a 50 yard bomb to preston fox and we learned who Preston Fox is. I yeah, think. I was gonna say that too scoot did you know who preston fox was before this game because i admit that i did not um, I mean, I've seen photos of him. I haven't really seen him play because I don't know that any of us have really seen him play all that much. I know he was a uh, Morgantown guy, or I think he went to university, actually, I think is where he went to school. But he's from Morgantown. Um, but outside of that, I don't know much about him. Well, it's a really cool story, Guido. I mean, that's one of those things that I think people love, you know, like 
local local guy he's performed really well and he's rewarded for it that's that's pretty cool you uh guido i don't know if you know like i've known you to maybe get excited about some local guys lately we haven't really had anything to talk about lately about a local guy but maybe later we will but uh this was a cool story about a local guy well, and it was really cool because Preston does this and then, you know, it gets put on scholarship immediately in the locker room. And so it's like one of those like feel good, like, you know, football stories. And it's hard. And like you guys said, it's hard. You watch this game and it's not a game. It's just like a skills competition show off thing. I mean, I think everybody's running at half or three quarter speed. Uh, other interesting things, though, that I think came out of it um, on top of Preston Fox and Goose playing really well is... Uh, Sam James apparently um, is prepping himself for some NFL touchdown celebrations. Johnson, yeah, he did the uh, he did the old Ole Miss. Uh, I think that was in an Egg Bowl a couple seasons ago, where someone decided to drop down on all fours and act like a dog peeing on the football. Scoot, he pulled one of those quick ones and got. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. Didn't, know. I didn't know. Uh, let me say this: I didn't know that you could get an unsportsmanlike in a spring game. I mean, I guess I can. should. I guess I should have known you could, but he proved me wrong that he, but in fact, can. did that, and you can get you can get one of those in a spring game. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Like, I guess. Maybe if you had some animosity toward the other team or something, that might be not appropriate, but maybe slightly understandable. Like they were running their mouths at you the whole time and you're ticked at them. So you're going to take a, I don't know, a figurative leak on their logo or <laughs> well, something. The one good or... <laughs> thing that came out of it, if nothing else, the one good thing that came out of it is someone has already taken it and put the pit logo where the football was. And yes, I thought, so I that's that. like, if anything that came, that's positive, We're right? We're I mean, right that, we can right. now use that. That's good. I think, I think for me though, Johnson, going back to it, I think the unsportsmanlike conduct is like the funniest part of the whole yeah, thing. It, because it honestly made me laugh. Yeah. I, <laughs> it's like, it's like the officials, which are, you know, I think are actual big 12 officials that come in and they, they bring in for this to like warm up for the season or whatever. Like all of a sudden he does that and all of a sudden flags are being thrown and this is a big well, deal. Like, can it's, you imagine funny. Them, they're probably looking at each other at other like sides of the field. They're probably looking at each other like, is he what we need do you to think do something that maybe, about that? Uh, Gene Serator up in the booth <laughs> said, gave to, some analysis. said to like well, he went to Sam James and said, Listen, I want to test these guys. We got some young young bucks here in the stripes tonight. I want you to go over Score a touchdown, take a leak on the logo. Let's see what happens. Give it the old fire hydrant treatment. Let's see if they see do if, their job. Yeah, see if they do their job. Well, Guido, how about two? Uh, and I'm taking this as official, by the way, because John Antonick tweeted it. And anytime he tweets something, I'm like, well, that must be it's, true. Yeah, it's got to be uh, true. He said that he was told the attendance for the game was 12,678. And I thought that was good. Yeah. Don't you? I mean, come on. I mean, spring game. It's like a it's scrimmage. It's like a drill scrimmage thing. Come on. It's like, I mean, how many, how often do you go watch practices? Yeah. That's all it is. I mean, you're watching practice. I know, like, and look, I, I get it. Scoot's, it's, it's Scoot's, g- Scoot's giving me the, like, I, I get, like, Alabama has like 90,000 people show up for us. Like, I get it. But I mean, for us, Morgantown's probably other stuff going on, you know, like, uh, I think that's pretty 13,000. That's not bad. That's weak. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. You don't think it's good at all? No, it's weak. There should be at least 20,000 people there. At least twenty, you, a third of the stadium. Give me a third. A third of the stadium. Give yeah, okay, all right. You turn on ESPNU and you see those SEC spring games, Alabama, yeah. Auburn. You see True. those like they're packed. The no, stadiums are packed. They are. But I, 
this, I, I think I could identify individuals from different counties. I'm like, I think that's, <laughs> that's John the, Smith that's from the Upshur Rome County, County section right yeah, there. Yeah, I think that's hey, look, over there. Look, Steve from yeah. Upshur County sitting right, there. Right, yeah. Hey, I, Curtis, how you doing? I, um, I shouldn't be able to do that. No, you shouldn't be able to do that. It's true. It is true. Well, I mean, all in all, guys, I think it was, you know, I, I don't think we learned a lot. I, it was really exciting, though. We want to say friend of the show, yes. Marquan Rucker, yes. uh, Scooty, did a uh, did a good job. He had he he actually gained second most yards of any other rushing back Marquan Rucker did. What if, I, I mean, I don't know the, I don't know the actual uh, records here, but I don't think anyone, or maybe they did, but he's the only running back that's scored in the last two um, spring games back to back. Because I think he also scored oh, last yeah, year. Yeah, last that's a good uh, bluff. That's a good, that's a good question. There you go. Yeah, he scored twice. Uh, he looked good on the one touchdown run that I saw repeated over and over again in highlights. So he looked yes, really good there. I saw that. Um, I think he's seeing. I think Coach Scott is seeing some growth in him problem for mark is is can we get him on the field can is he too far on on down the depth chart yeah special right. teams i think yes um in the backfield though it's probably going to take several situations to happen for him to line up back there well i mean i think it kind of came out afterwards in, in some news article i mean he's floating around that three four spot in the running back position i mean you've got you know, Lynn J. Dixon and Tony Mathis are definitely the one yeah. and two, and that'll be right. you know, and let but you know, it's one of those that's a that's a position where you see a lot of injuries. And so some of those other guys that ran, you know, Jalen Anderson, Mark Juan Rucker, like some of those other players, um, you know, they they might see some time. Justin Johnson, isn't there a Justin Johnson? Yeah, Justin Johnson Jr. Yeah. He's in there too. It's a lot of J's, uh, a lot of J's. Just there's a lot of J's. I think you know it's hard because you see you know you know Lynn J Dixon's going to be the number one running back in the season most likely. Only saw two touches the whole the whole time. You know, so it's it's so hard to look at the spring game and, and get anything out of it. I mean, Coach Brown came out of it in the post game press conference and said that he was pleased to see clean football. I, I mean, I'm not sure what that means. He thought the offense looked clean. He thought the defense looked clean. He Sam James was cleaning off the football. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, right. That's uh, why he was pleased to see the clean football. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure what else we could have learned from the spring game, but it was it was good to see some things. It was good to see some football, you know, back in Morgantown. Good to see some spring football. Now we wait, right? Now it's now like, we wait. now we take that morsel and we like try to make it last until and now we throw in JT Daniels and everything you right. saw means nothing. <laughs> right. right. And I think that's the thing. Like, I think it's, it's, I think the line is Johnson. Now we wait for JT Daniels. Right. To yes. That's campus. like, I think accurate. that's where, yep, where everything is with it. Uh, with that said, other some other football things we should talk about. Uh, a lot of guys that left West Virginia have found landing places. Johnson, Akeem Mesador goes to Miami. Yeah, you know, shocker, because- shocker there, right? I mean, no one saw right. that coming. Um, Daryl Porter Jr. on Twitter like celebrating feels yucky, but hey, whatever. We're not sour, mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, yeah, ex- exactly. Josh Chandler Semedo Scoot goes to Colorado. Uh, noted powerhouse. Colorado the buffs the buffs uh I will say that I mean I love Boulder uh I went there in what 2009 WVU played out there super fun uh but I just weighing the two things I'm not really sure why you do that decision it it smells like 
a plan got put in motion and then maybe it didn't go completely as planned. And that's what I texted you. I think he thinks, Hey, let's go transfer portal. Let's see what's out there. And then there was Colorado was out there and maybe not anything else that was appealing to him. I just, that stinks. Cause I already missed those two guys, Guido. And then, uh, even though, so, you know, over the weekend here, we've had the NFL draft, uh, even though really, uh, a couple teams from the big 12 didn't see anyone drafted of which WVU was one. Uh, since then, since the end of these late rounds, we've, uh, we've actually had a few guys um, signed to undrafted free agents. Yeah. I like, uh, I like how there was a couple of comments on, on Twitter about, well, why wasn't like in the first and second round, why wasn't Letty Brown drafted? Isn't Letty Brown going to get drafted? Uh, unfortunately, no, no WVU player gets drafted. Letty Brown signs uh, after the draft with the chargers, uh, Sean Mahone, congratulations to him. Well-deserved Sean Mahone signs with the Jaguars. Alonzo Adai uh, signs with the Cardinals. It's interesting, though, that of those three guys, um, you know, I think Letty Brown had the – he was the only one of those three that went to the Combine. Is that That's correct, right? And so – Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I think it's – I think it's interesting that for the other two, for Sean Mahome and Alonzo Adai, that you know through film and and probably a couple of pro days, they got to show off a little bit and, and ended up getting a chance at least to go to camp next year. Yeah, and here's hoping they stick. I mean, that's so competitive and it's so hard for guys to to break through. I think it's you know just getting that shot is pretty cool. So good luck to them. Hopefully they hopefully they catch on. Yeah, so that kind of wraps up what I wanted to talk about with football, guys. I mean, you know, you know, there's not a lot that happens between now and probably the end of July. You know, you'll see some things. JT Daniels will get to campus soon, and and you'll see things start to you know rev back up before the season starts. I think, I think, and don't quote me on this, that it's the last week of July that uh, camp starts. So we'll see what happens as WVU kicks into gear but let's shift to basketball where some interesting things guys have ha- has happened over the last couple weeks and i'll start with something that's a little lower on our list but it's kind of big to me emmett's back emmett matthews returns to wvu yes who dude. saw that coming yeah, guess who's back guess who's back guess who's back guess who's back um yeah, Emmett is back. The Dusky is back. Yes. Kind of caught me off guard. I think he's, I'll be honest, I think he's going to uh, have a pretty good season. I think he more than fills the void left from Jalen Bridges. I was a little bit more um, high on Emmett Matthews more so than Jalen from the get-go. But so, you agree that it feels like an interchangeable piece, doesn't it? It feels yeah, like... Yeah, they're, they're going to play the same spot. Goes that's right for into sure. the three. Yeah. He'll be a he'll be a wing player for us. Uh, can shoot shot really well. I think shot uh, career highs from three point line, and uh, maybe from field goal. I think this past year, um, I think he averaged what just under twelve points a game for Washington. Yeah, he probably should have been um, an honorable mention. Pac twelve, he wasn't. I think he was a little salty about that. But I think he had a really solid year, which you know I don't think anyone was surprised at. Washington didn't have. A, a terrific team, but he was one of their better performers. So to see him now come back is a little bit surprising to me, Scoot, just because I thought he went home because he's a Tacoma guy. And I thought like that was his, like, I'm going to finish it out there. So this is interesting. Well, what this does is cements his, like, he's now like a mountaineer for life. Like no one, like when Baylor comes, people are going to go bananas on Jalen <laughs> <You're> Bridges. Right. <laughs> right. 
Right. And Jalen would have, well, he's going to have a tough time coming back to West Virginia. Well, something that made me laugh, Scoot, I think it was the Smoking Musket account tweeted, if Emmett dunks on Jalen, they'll have to build a new arena. And that yeah. made me laugh. That is so true, though. This <laughs> is like, so true. Emmett Matthews now will go down as one of the great Mountaineers because he left and came back. Like, he's going to be more famous as a Mountaineer because he came back. Because <laughs> right. it, people will be listen, like, oh, he loves us. In my 20 plus years here, people are always West Virginians, and I'm going to stereotype. West Virginians are usually like, that's why we can't have nice things. Because when we have nice things, they go away. Somebody <laughs> right. breaks them. Something right. bad happens <laughs> yes. to them. Right. You know, we're just cursed. Every You know, everything that happens that's we're good eventually goes stuff. away. Yes. Right? Right. Well, something that's good went away and came back. <laughs> it came back. He's He is going to be loved. Like he was already kind of like, and, and people, I think, admittedly, kind of gave him a pass, like you did just a second ago. Al, he's from Washington. It made sense. He went yeah, home. It's right. not like he went looking for big time. You know, you didn't go yeah. to a blue blood just no, to Scoot, go. See, I told myself as a former West Virginian, it couldn't be West Virginia. It was, it was some other logical reason. It wasn't us. See, I right. told, that's yeah, what I told myself, to go, right. Guido. He, I was it like, wasn't that not, he didn't like, dislike us. us. Yeah, right. Well, and he said, though, I mean, he joined uh, Brad Howe and Greg Hunter on Metro News, and he said, he goes, when I left, I didn't burn any bridges. I, I didn't, you know, it was amicable. I wanted to do what I wanted to do. There was no hard feelings. I still talked to hugs. Like, so I think a lot of that, I mean, I think a lot of that is what, you know, rolls into this. My question for you guys is, is that, is Emmett Matthews a starter? On oh. this team next year? Yes. Yeah, I, I don't think he comes back if he's, he's not. He's got one year. Opinion. He's not coming off the bench. Yeah. Now, Kedrian Johnson? Hey, I don't know. Like, I know he started this past year. He may start the season as a starter, but I don't, I don't feel the same way at all about him. I guess that's my question now is who – you know, we talked about this last time we did the show. We talked about, okay, here's our – what we thought – who loses a starting position because Emmett Matthews comes back? I'm going to say one of the the loyalty guys, one of the returning type guys, because I don't know that if I had to guess a starting lineup or what I think should be the starting lineup, this is what I would go with. I'd go Toussaint. I'd go Stevenson. I'd go Emmett, Emmett Matthews. At, Emmett at the three. And then Big either... Tonka. Yeah, big, oh, big Tonka, Tonka is right? in. Tonka's in. In the big and wagyu. And then either, either the big wagyu or that Pat Sumnick guy. Right. One of those two guys. I think those guys may be interchangeable. Do you, do you think that, that, that Tonka and wagyu <laughs> – we're gonna do this all season, by the way. <laughs> Tonka and Wagyu. No, listen. Um, I uh, no, listen. Before we we're we're having we're having fun with the big Wagyu, but I think I think you say his name, uh, Wade. Wagyu. No, yeah, Wagyu. Wagyu. Oh, is it Wagyu? Yeah. I was I trying to remember. Yeah. I listened to his old coach say it <laughs> yeah, a, a, a week or two ago. Okay, so Wagyu. we're having fun but with anyway. the big Wagyu, but I think it's yeah, Wagyu. <laughs> the big Wagyu. Did are they are those two though? Are Jimmy Bell Jr. and, and Wagyu are they interchangeable? Is that no. are they both playing the five spots? I don't see no. them that way. No, see, I I would scoot. I don't, I think you and I are kindred spirits on this. I'd love to see Wagyu at the four and Big Tunka holding down the five. I, I think I think you've got Emmett at the swing, and then 
Toussaint and Stevenson, like you said, at the one, two. So to me, to answer your question, I, I think that's – I agree with you. I think Kedrian is coming off the bench in that, and, in that instance. And that's what I thought too when I saw it. And if we're I talking thing. Uh, about this mysterious hashtag, Press Virginia being back in their bio or whatever, if we had to go that route, maybe uh, Wagi, Wagu, the big Wagu, is like the Jonathan Holton mm-hmm. on the top of the press, and then you throw Tunk all the way back. Like kind of like yeah. uh, I don't know, He's like the back. Turk or somebody back like there. The Turk used to sit back. Yeah, there. and then you're going to town with the rest of the guys. Right. You get speed. You get speed up front. Right. I, I and mean, I think I think one of the Josiahs is good. Maybe the Canadian one. I'm not sure which one is good. The Canadian Josiah. <laughs> Canadian Josiah. I think there's a Canadian <laughs> and an Ohioan. I, I gotta believe the Canadians better. I mean. <laughs> I feel like we got to get Josh Wood on the show just to help us like sort out what we're calling. Well, all these I'm people. excited <laughs> about uh, about the big Wagyu lately. I got to stop that because I'm going to get in the habit of that. But you know who I'm talking <laughs> about? Uh, he so yeah. Eric Martin had tweeted out uh, yesterday, I think, or the day before, he was selected to play in the World University Games, um, and I think that's really cool. So I I'm ex- I get a little bit more excited about that guy. I've seen him play. He he's fa- he's big and fast, and I think it, it's. Exciting We've to think had if, some you know you pair with guys from Mali. You you pair him with a guy like Big Tunka. I think that's cool. I I'm I I just I I don't want and this is this is me and Scoot's gonna like roll his eyes when I say this. Like I'm starting to get excited about this team. I know it's only May and there's a lot of time. Listen, I'm excited about I'm excited about this team as long as the starting lineup resembles somewhat of what we just talked about. If it looks like uh, we got to make guys, you know, prove their metal, so right. we're gonna start uh, Seth Wilson and yeah. uh, Keedy Johnson and Okonkwo. And well, I mean, nothing Jamel against those King. guys, but I'm no. gonna be disappointed if we run a, a, an 11 man rotation out there again like we usually do. That, Can we that's just play? Well, guys and I think it's hard. And win. I think it's hard because those first like six, seven games that we play in November and early December or whatever, like those games, you're going to see 11-man rotations. Like you're going to see Huggins well, trying all of that crazy stuff that he tries. But it's it's more about like by the time we hit the mid-December, what's starting to gel and as we head into the conference play. I'm good with 11 or 12 if we're running Press Virginia. If we're not running Press Virginia, there's no point in throwing out – 12 or 13 guys because nobody can get into a rhythm. You've got like one or two guys that play the majority of the minutes. And then you've got a cast of characters that is different every time down the court. Well, and I just hope we get aggressive Emmett. I want aggressive he, Emmett back. He looked like a, if you looked at some of his highlight reel there from Washington and even some of that tweet that he sent put out like that looked fairly aggressive. That was mostly dunks. But you know what I'm talking about when I say oh, yeah. that, right? I want freshman year Big 12 assertive. tournament assertive, assertive Emmett. Yeah. Yes. You don't want sleepy East. I want Georgetown. Wasn't it Georgetown early two seasons ago? We were like, whoa, Emmett's back. And then, yeah. you know, he has flashes. I'd love to see more of that. So think about think about this, guys. This, is, this will make you crazy. Uh, Emmett Matthews comes back to the team. How many players – are on the current WVU team now that were with Emmett when he was on the team two years ago. How many? How many guys? I don't know Guido, but I One. think it's just Keedy, right? Yeah, it's just wow. Keedy. That's crazy, though, isn't it? One player. Wow. One player. That's and crazy. He didn't hardly play then. 
And Keedy, yeah, Keedy was a bench guy then. I mean, like you maybe he saw junk time. That's I when Keedy first came in and airballed a shot. He took a yeah. shot. Uh, he bounced stage it left. off the. <laughs> <laughs> His shot went stage left. Yeah. That season, that last season that Emmett played, 2020-2021 season, uh, Keedy had seven minutes. That that was um, the moment I said to myself, this guy played organized basketball, right? <laughs> like, he, like, what Come happened Come on, here? man. Like, it's rough start. I mean, it's for it's big stage. I just Come think on. it's it's... It's so interesting that he's coming back and he's not gonna. There's he's he's gonna walk into that gym and he's not gonna know any of those. Well, faces. it's a it's amazing the turnover that that sums up the turnover, Guido. That is amazing. Right? That's an amazing stat. That's not the dog on the guy, but listen, the three of us could check ourselves into a basketball game at any level and not necessarily put up a shot that goes wide of the backboard. Like we saw on his first shot. Well, but I That's think true. that also introduced us. I could hit the backboard to Keedy's D. Like to me, like I don't disagree, but I don't expect Keedy to to score fifteen points a game, right? I mean, I think Hugs puts him out there to harry the ball carrier, you know, and he spends the whole game doing that. So I think that's what's that's what's interesting about this new lineup. Does he look at does he look at that position and say I just want you to handle the ball and play defense or am I going to hand it to Joe Toussaint and Eric Stevenson and say you guys go get it from the one two that'll be interesting to see how this plays out I agree but bottom line Gail Catlett missed out on the Milton Marksman well he did I mean we can't go back uh, now and and uh, fix that Catlett, right like was asleep at the wheel yeah when Milton had the hottest outside shooter in West Virginia in Appalachia. I mean, at his was, fingertips and he just looked the other way. I mean, they're there for three summer camps, but who's come on, let's I'm not salty who's about counting. I mean, who's counting? Would you average jo- uh, Johnson, would you average your senior year? Uh, well, I didn't uh, I didn't play my senior year, so I'd average zero. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was so depressed. <laughs> Cali kept, Cali, how many that's times how we, that's how slept on I was. Yeah. That's how slept on you were. How many times do you have to show up at Catlett's front door I mean, only come to on. not have anyone answer the door? I, mean, I can only knock so many times. You know what I mean? And then it's like, what do you want me to do? That's oh right. God. All right, so some other basketball things we should talk about, interesting things. I think uh, you we already alluded to it. Jalen Bridges selects Baylor, Baylor. as his as his choice. Um I don't even know. And decides Guido, I'm gonna beat Scoot to the punch here. Decides in his Twitter announcement to hold the national championship trophy. Right? Which was so weird to me because we lost like, to those guys. Like weird. That's I, I also found it cute for the family to wear the championship t shirts as well. Of the championship that they didn't win. That's weird, right? Yeah. That's a weird right? thing. Yeah. I think it's weird too. But it'd be like you guys walking in to the coach of the rifle team and getting your photos with all of the rifle trophies. (laughs) Like, Uh, well, and I think the funny part of this is, so WVU basketball decides to coincidentally, we'll say, send out a loyalty tweet. So Guido, so one of you guys mentioned the loyalty guys. That's, that's an homage to the tweet that came out with, the guys, the returners from last season's team, they're in a graphic right. that says loyalty across the top. I found it funny that 
I mean, probably rightly so, but Jalen immediately assumes that's about him and retweets it with a, like a little gas can and <laughs> says fuel to the fire. So this is going to be healthy, Scoot. This is going to be completely uh, healthy listen, going into next season. Here's the question everyone wants to know. Is he still seeing the pepperoni roll money? Right, like what's right. he gonna now? Uh, he's gonna he's gonna hawk some briskets or something. What's he gonna do now? <laughs> what do they do in Waco? Is he gonna advertise uh, shiplap or yeah, something? I mean, like he's gonna they... Magnolia Farm. Is he gonna be <laughs> the Magnolia Channel. Can he get a <laughs> can he get a spot on the Magnolia Channel? <laughs> I mean, it'll be interesting to see what Scott Drew does with him down there. I mean, I think that I think well, he'll start. Well, look, I will say this, Guido. Uh, do, uh, do, do you think he'll start? I think he will. Well, I Listen think he sent out a tweet that, you know, and he I think someone interviewed him and he said there was a quote in there that he thought in a better system, he would have a better chance of scoring and everything. And so people on Mountaineer Twitter, there was like this tsunami scoot of oh, yeah, you're suddenly not going to suck, which, you know, we're so salty about it right now, right? The guy we doesn't are, suck. Uh, for, like, first of all, the salty. guy doesn't suck. Secondly, I think, I just think he's probably speaking the truth, right? We don't run an offense. So I just thought, I took him at face value to mean like, Scott Drew probably runs an offense. He'll probably get more shots. And it wouldn't surprise me at all if he has like a better scoring Here's average and stuff. I mean, come on, that's not out of the ordinary to think. Here's the listen. You, uh, I'm going to say it like the people think, okay? We can okay. we can try to gloss this over. the f- The young fella got the ball in his hands lots of times throughout the season, and gave the ball back to somebody else because he either was scared to shoot, didn't want to shoot. He might have been told not to shoot, but I doubt that because we had zero offense at times. Like what kind of like you don't need a system when the ball's in your hands. Go score, shoot the ball. And I guarantee you, if Bob Huggins were here, he'd say he didn't shoot the ball enough. Right. And I and I here's the thing that I I kind of pulled from the whole like all of it from like where where Jalen was at the beginning of the season and the middle of the season. Scoot, look at the pain now, on Guido's face. Look at the pain. No, I know it's Scoot, painful. Look at the, it Scoot, is painful. Look at the pain on Guido's face. I know, it's <laughs> here, a polar bear down. That's what it's here's like. Here's the thing about it is I think that. We reached a point with Jalen as fans where we were like, you had your chance and you didn't take your chance. Yeah. And Huggins reached a point with it of, I've told you what to do and you're not doing what I tell you to do. I hope for Jalen and his family that going to Baylor is the right decision and he clicks and he molds with, you know, Scott Drew and that whole staff there. And don't get me wrong, like Baylor's, that's a winning program. That's a great program. I, I don't know if the player can change, I guess, is where I'm going with it. Like, it doesn't matter, doesn't matter where you're at if your attitude isn't, you know, in line with what is going to work for the team. And I think that's kind of where it got with WVU. I'm just wondering what, given from now until when Baylor arrives at the Coliseum, that's a lot of time for our fans and for the Mountaineer maniacs and everyone to think up of be, creative stuff for that oh, game. So it's going to be, it's going to be salty. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be salty. Yeah. yeah. And other new transfer news, guys, uh, Sean McNeil, hot boy, hot, hot boy heads to Ohio, Ohio state land lands in Columbus. A lot of red in that picture. He sent out a lot of red, a lot, lot of red in that picture. So congratulations to him. I don't know. Shooting threes for the Buckeyes. Yeah. Good. Good right. luck. Uh, 
And then I think probably uh, also a little more interesting, Isaiah Cottrell is at UNLV. Scoot, he's now with your favorite guy. Well, I'll be honest. I thought that's where Emmett Matthews might end up. One of those two places, Ohio State or UNLV, because I know roommates, that, right? They're yeah, tight. they were roommates and they were right. and they were tight. Yeah, um, yeah, just kind of surprising. I for for me seeing Cottrell go there, I don't think that's as strange because he's from Las Vegas. Yeah, he's so from Las makes, Vegas, right? Maybe he'll come back. Maybe that's what they're all doing. They're going yeah. one year at their old place right. and they're coming back. <laughs> that's that's the plan now. Um, it'll just be you know, it'll just be interesting, Scooty. I I do want to ask. Uh, is Jordan McCabe still an NBA player? I just want to, I want to get <laughs> uh, your that's a on throwback that. comment. We could probably uh, dig up that episode, Guido. No, I could dig uh, that up. I could dig that episode up. Yes. Yes. He's going to stick with it. He's not. He's sticking to his guns. Two years ago, he was like, Jordan McCabe is a, he's our one and he's an NBA yes. player. Uh, you know, uh, Sonny Njai ends up at going to South Carolina upstate. <laughs> yeah, and Guido, what about in his tweet, he says, Senny says, one bad chapter does not mean your story is over. And I thought, okay, I mean, we didn't even open your book, but if you thought there yeah, was a chapter even, there, I, didn't even see I mean. It. There's a chapter there? Uh, here, Yeah. I mean, what's this chap? Where's I, this chapter going? Is this like a choose your own adventure where yeah, you have to leaf through some mm -hmm, pages? And it just took him to uh, South Carolina upstate. Right. Well, South Carolina, that powerhouse. Here's the question, though, because of what he said, because of the like how things went down with Jalen. Here's my only concern. I know we talked about it before. Is there a problem in the program still? We haven't seen coaching changes. Everybody that was on the staff last year, Scoot, is still on the staff this yeah, year. Yeah, the only thing we saw, Scoot, was Andy Kettler, the strength and conditioning coach, right? He went to Xavier. You well, pointed, he you hasn't pointed been that the, out. Like, I did, uh, but he hasn't been the strength and conditioning coach for a couple seasons. I mean, not that I'm trying to read a lot into that, but that's the only change I can. You know, we had heard, yeah. right, Scoot? We, Scoot, we had heard that, hey, there might be some coaching. Like, there, you know, the, the hubbub was maybe some coaching changes. He, Andy Kettler, left like three years ago. We had a guy that was like Minnesota's strength and conditioning coach that yeah. Richard Patino recommended the last oh, two well, or three obviously years. Obviously, you take that recommendation. I mean, come on. Right. Um, so that's not a recent, I guess that's a somewhat recent change. That's probably the most recent change that we've had. Um, I don't know that we're I any guess, better. I guess. Well, and, but here's the thing I'm saying, guys, is that, uh, we, you know, we heard there were rumors. There were things about how the coaching staff was not jiving well with the players. You know, Larry, Ron, and Eric are still there. They're still in the building. You know, and those are the ones that I think are, you know, everybody's focusing on. There, no major no major changes to the coaching staff. Do we repeat? Uh, like, is it is it a player thing? Is it a coach thing? Is it a combination of both? Are we doomed to repeat 2022 all over again next season i'll go first scoot i i think it wouldn't surprise me right i mean i'm excited because i get excited every year even though i tell myself don't get excited i always get excited so that's that's the only reason i'm excited first of all i think we're potentially to answer your question just plugging you know guido you were the first one to get on the topic of Hey, you're just plugging randoms in here they've only had they haven't even had time you know usually hugs likes to like 
preheat the oven and then year two, you know, get guys in there. It feels like we're just running right back in here with a new cast of characters, plugins. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if we repeat a lot of what we did last year. I was being a smart aleck there in the JB comments, but like Scoot, we never run offense, right? So I have no expectations we will see an offense being run this year. That's why I like this big Tunka guy because when I watch highlights, he's like bull in a china shop, right? And that's what we that's what we need because I don't think you're gonna finesse anyone. You're just gonna you're just gonna manhandle him. That's why I like this Toussaint guy. He seems like a tough dude. So that's why I have some hope for this coming team. But I think to answer Guido's question, I don't suddenly, I don't suddenly feel like you're going to like snap your fingers and see some new approach to the offense next year. We need to have. I think Tunka brings us easy baskets. We didn't have easy baskets last year because we didn't have anybody inside for easy baskets. But can I add something to you? What you're, so yeah. So consider this because I think you will agree with me. Like two seasons ago, people were like, "We're great. We have Deuce and we have DC." And my only argument right. to that was, yes, we were great, but DC was like this big ball of energy that was not going to outwork anyone. You know, like DC was this frenetic force under the basket. And when that didn't work, we threw it to Deuce and we were just like, hey, can you do something here for a second? Because we can't get a bucket and he would just find one. Right. So last year you, you, you lose that frenetic force under the basket. And even though we had some guys that could create, they couldn't create like Deuce. I guess my point is none of that Deuce Culver, even while Oscar was there, you know, because Oscar would just outwork people, too, and use his talent to just over talent people. None of that was because of the framework they were working, in my opinion. None of that was because of the system they were working in. So now you've got these new guys coming in. And I think there's some glimpses of hope here. But I don't suddenly I don't suddenly see us like running a new system that they fit into you know i no no i mean huggins is going to do what huggins does i don't think that changes i think my, you know i my my hope johnson and like you like you said like it's the the west virginia part of all right. of us like my hope is is that he's huggins is back to recruiting guys that fit his yeah. system i think that the guys we had yeah. last year didn't fit his system but i still i still worry about the fact that there was so much talk from all of those guys who transferred out about how cancerous how bad it was to be in that building we didn't see any changes in that building those same guys are still no, in that perfect building. Point. The coaching staff is still yep. there you know and so like i i, I don't i don't want to I don't want to say that it was all of the players' fault. Like, hey, you know, Jalen comes in with a bad attitude or Isaiah has a bad attitude, so that's the problem. The problem might be, you know, Larry Harrison or Eric Martin or Ron Everhart. Like, the problem might be one of those guys, and I haven't seen changes there. And so I worry about are we repeating the same thing again? We're just going to bring in new names, and they're all going to get – pissed and then we're back to where we were here's for me there's a slight difference in in, and i don't know why it feels this way but this is how it feels so with last year's group we had three guys from what i would consider mid-major programs although depaul if depending on what you consider the big east in basketball i guess it could be a major program but anyway we had three guys that were mid-major guys and we didn't really have any juco new juco players this year we've got a couple of juco guys and then we've got some guys from Power Five conferences, and that were big, that were highly regarded recruits, and, right? And and for right. me, when you have those guys that are mid-major guys, they came with with a little bit of like they were kind of the man. Now, maybe more so Malik Curry than the other guys, 
They were the man at their school. They, I don't want to say they were overwhelmed by being in a Power 5 conference, but I think there was probably good reason as to why they weren't in a Power 5 conference, and I think they all showed that at various points throughout the season. Toussaint's a, as a ball player. He was kind of buried on the depth chart, but like you just said, by all accounts, was a highly regarded recruit out of New York City. Stevenson is a ball player. Played at Wichita State, went on to Washington, went on to South Carolina, still performed at a very high level. Kind of a team that ended up, you know, the coach ended up getting fired, so they obviously didn't perform to what they should. But he's got something to prove, right? He's got something to prove either that Coach Martin got fired wrongly or that, you know, he wasn't the reason why Coach Martin got fired. Toussaint's got, hey, I'm a scorer. I didn't get a chance to score. He's got a little bit of an edge. Tunka, you look at the Juco guys. And, and Emmett Matthews, I don't know that he's got necessarily an edge, but I think he's going to be well-regarded regardless because he's coming back in and it feels good. But you look at Tunka. Right. Tunka got passed over. It was at St. Louis, then went to a Juco. Yeah. And I think he's got a lot to prove. The big Wagyu, he's at a Juco. Got a lot to prove. He's kind of an unknown quantity looking to kind of make a name for himself. Um, Sumnik had a great finish to his Juco season, looking to prove that, hey, I can play at the next level. So those guys are coming in kind of with an edge, a little bit of a chip on their shoulder, not necessarily. Yeah, and those guys don't come in saying, well, I'm the – I'm your leading scorer. Give me the ball. They come in saying, oh, I got the ball. Watch what I can do. They come in saying, I'll do whatever I need to do to get on the floor and help this team win because I want to play more and and prove that I'm worthy of being here. When you've got a bunch of guys that are mid-major guys that have been okay and successful, I feel like they were kind of like, sweet, West Virginia wants me, Power 5 wants me, awesome. And I led the team in scoring last year, so surely they'll give me the ball. Like, it felt different. Yeah, just go be me. Yeah. Yeah, right. It felt different. These guys feel hungry. And hopefully, my hope is that the loyalty guys, minus Kedrian, because I think Kedrian, being a former Juco guy, understands a little bit better. But hopefully those, those young guys, the four freshmen from last year, come in and learn more from this group than they did from last group. That's the key. That's the concern I have is that those guys picked up bad habits from the last group. Some of that whiny crap I'm sure that went on during practice. You know, some of the, you know, yeah. and I, I'm not going to, I don't know anything about what practice was like, but could I see Taz going off on somebody because he's not getting the ball or somebody's not screening for him or something? Yeah, I could see that. And there's probably there was probably a lot of dysfunction amongst that team throughout parts of that season. I just hope they didn't pick up a lot of that and come to the table with that this year. That well, would be something that hungry. would throw it off. I mean, that that's a good take because I like, I like the thought that guys coming in hungry, that's kind of what we need coming off last year. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting. I mean, guys, we're six months. I mean, it's crazy to think about it. Six months away, pretty much to the date that we play Mount St. Mary's to open up our season, November 7th. Team's finally starting to come together. I, I like the fact that, you know, it's not like we're figuring this all out over the summer. I feel like this team has gotten together, you know, pretty early on here, and Huggins went in and got these guys. It'll be interesting. I mean, I don't. I want to see us be successful, and we don't have. Unlike this past year, we don't have an easy preseason schedule like we did last year. I mean, 
we've got, you know, the Mount St. Mary's and the Moorhead States and the Pens, but we do play Pitt in there, and we do play in that Phil Knight legacy, right. you know, with, what is it, do I mean, there's a lot of yeah, big heavy names hitters in, there, in that know? one, for sure, yeah. So it's not like we're, you know, we're going to see some, we're going to see some games you know, early on guys. One last thing I want to talk about. We'll wrap it up this segment. We still have one more to do, but want to wrap it up by saying, I think that the most amazing thing to ever happen to the NCAA happened this last week. And that is Mark Emmert climbed out from behind his desk from hiding underneath of it and decides that he's got one year left. He's stepping down and he will no longer run the NCAA next season. And, and I think there was rejoicing throughout as we've we've we finally get to have a new person come in and try to run this organization that has gone into the toilet the last four years. Well, and it's like now, you right. know, now you're gonna now that you've uh, now that you didn't have a plan for nil, now that you nope. let it just be uh, jettisoned out into the expanse for everyone to use with absolutely no governance or guidelines and now the wild west is occurring now now you're like yeah i think my work here is done yeah i think i'm good i'm gonna go ahead and step down <laughs> like okay that's one way to do it i guess i think that you know you, you look back and i know he he's been president of the ncaa now for what uh i think 12 years two, since two yeah since 2010 yeah. And 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 I could I, I mean could you name another president of the NCAA off the top yeah, of your head? Yeah, that's a good point. We only that's it, kind of like uh, it's sort of like when you know an official because you know a ref because of poor performance. I feel like I only know who Mark Emmert is because of just weird things that have happened over the last twelve years. But you think about in the span of Mark Emmert being the president of the NCAA, there has been so much. That has happened and has really not only put the NCAA as an organization on the stage bigger than it's ever been before, like when you go through the Sandusky and Joe Paterno thing all the way through now to the name and likeness and everything that he's had to deal deal with, you know, now we're, we're at this point where, you know, who who takes on this role and what what really what power does an NCAA president have now? I mean, you've heard of the 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 whole idea of the SEC schools wanting to leave the NCAA Scooty, all these, you know, other other things where the NCAA has no power. Like, what does the next president have to try to do to remedy all these issues, Mark Emerson? Yeah, and to well, keep it relevant. I mean Right. I think we're still in a wait and see. Like if it obviously is a stooge from within the office that's there now, are you gonna see a big change? I don't know. Is it some of these names that we've seen thrown around that have former West Virginia ties? I don't know. It could be interesting. But uh, nothing's going to change anytime soon, right? So it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a, a process. I think you're two, three years from seeing any kind of changes at all. Yeah, and I think Mark right. Emmert aside, it just makes me wonder – can someone step in? I guess I'll repeat myself here, Guido, but can someone step in and make it feel relevant again? Right now, I almost feel like it's completely irrelevant. I mean, right now, the not just the NIL, but we've well documented the transfers. And, you know, the, just this weekend, people at Pitt were up in arms because their Bolitnikoff award-winning wide receiver is reportedly heading to USC. And they've, you know, of course, Pat Narduzzi was reported to have reached out to USC directly because he felt like there was some 
untoward things going on. Hanky and, panky. I mean, it, and it's like <laughs> crazy. Hanky it just panky. feels like you know the NCAA is nowhere to be seen with all that stuff. So can can well, someone step in and, and make it feel it. relevant again? I I don't know. Yeah, and we've talked about it before with Kansas and everything. Yeah. Like, you know, the right. UNC. Like, I think from now on, the NCAA, any tampering talk, I'm going to call it hanky-panky. <laughs> yeah. UNC, Kansas had a lot of hanky-panky. Yes. <laughs> UNC. Both hanky, hanky and panky at, you, at Kansas. Yes. What's interesting about uh, about this is the day that he, you know he comes out and announces that you know he's going to be leaving in 2023, uh, the names that come out, uh, two of them, really linked to WVU uh, Jim Clements former uh, president of WVU uh, was on that list now president of Clemson University and I think even bigger for us is Oliver Luck kind of came out at the top of that don't list. you feel like Oliver Luck scoot like what anytime the NCAA needs a list of potential whatevers they they're like I don't know like, but make sure you get Oliver Luck on there because we need just, a guy that's got some sports background Oliver Luck yeah Oliver that. Luck could probably do that I heard he's right. also going to be the chairman of the steel motors, the chill. Uh, the what I now? also heard who, he's going to be the, the, the chairman of the steel, uh, steel uh, wood, wood. Oh, what steel wood. Outdoor. I'm familiar outdoor, with steel wood. What are we doing here, What are we doing? Somebody bumped him. What are the we, steel? Do we need to call yeah, 911? What, are you having a thing <laughs> having a right stroke? now? Are you having a, what are you, <laughs> can someone bump him? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, do we need to hit yeah. the reset button on Scoot? Have you Have tried you turning turned him Scoot off and back off on again? And back on again. <laughs> I heard he's also going to be the chairman of the Steel Timber Sports Lumberjack Championship. <laughs> like steel chainsaws. <laughs> yes. Like, yes. Gotcha. like the chainsaw yes. manufacturer. Yes. Uh, maybe. I can't confirm so that. So it'll be an... In- It'll be interesting. I mean, I think it'll be a year of talking about it. Uh, it'll probably be, you know, over, you know, during football season. I would imagine during bowl season is when they'll announce who the successor will be. That's probably the time that, you know, you see the most focus on the NCAA. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Well, guys, that's what's going on with WVU Sports. We're going to take a break and come back with the number one game show on a West Virginia University sports podcast, a little game we like to call Bluff the Fluffs. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Got Your Ears On. Vortec Knives is a West Virginia-owned and operated company specializing in high-quality steel, fast-opening, everyday carrying knives. If you go to VortecKnives.com today and use the code G-Y-E-O, you get a 25% discount on your entire order. That's Vortec, V-O-R-T-E-K, Knives.com, a West Virginia-owned and operated company specializing in fast-opening, high-quality, everyday carry knives. Vortec Knives. All right, everybody, welcome back to Got Your Ears On. Guido here along with Scoot and Johnson. And listen, don't forget, you can find us online. Look for us on social medias. We're on Instagram and Twitter at Got Your Ears. You can also find us on Facebook. And check out our website, gotyourearson.com. Johnson, it is the hub of everything about us. It is the hub. We put all of our latest show notes and blog form for this episode, like we always do. You can click through to the merch store and check out the GYEO merch. And you can listen 
through the uh, tune-in link right on the side of the page to the latest show. So check it out. Yeah, check it out. Got your ears on. Com. Well, guys, we have the number one game show on a podcast about WVU sports. Yes. It is a little game we like to call Bluff the Fluffs. And, guys, we haven't played it a lot. It's still early in the year. We usually don't, like, crank it up. We don't crank it up until, uh, until the, uh, till, you know, usually, like, at the end of the summer when football starts, we crank it up a little bit. But we like to throw a couple in here and there. And we have an intern who does a spectacular job. Writing bluff he the does a great sports, job. Yeah, he's very active. I mean, he is. He's very Leads active. An active he has lifestyle. A very, writes he has active. A very active lifestyle. BTS. Yes. yes. I mean, I think uh, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, he actually came in from doing uh, one of one of his active lifestyle activities to write this bluff. The fluff. I mean, I assume. Yes. Uh, so, anyways, Cloney. Uh, you can find him at the Brian. What is it? What is his Twitter handle? Well, we need to do way? better than that. By I him. think it's at the Brian at, Cloney. Yeah, he's at the Brian Cloney. We need. Yeah, you can find him online. We'll we'll, we'll put him out there. You, you, I mean, he has funny things to say. Uh, and uh, oddly enough, Scooty, we've never talked about this. Uh, our intern and uh, famous Major League Baseball player Jose Canseco have a years long battle with each yeah, other on they Twitter. Do. Right? Yes, yes, Twitter beef. Twitter beef, yes. as it were. A Twitter. It, uh, and Jose Canseco's list of Twitter beefs, it goes Alex Rodriguez, one. Yes. The Brian Cloney, yes. two. Right. Yes. And maybe and like Sasquatch, three. Former manager right. Morgan, three. <laughs> right. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Did you, speaking of baseball, I, I mean, we should do a podcast about baseball. Did you see uh, Ron Washington, who, by the way, Ron Washington, uh, Major League Baseball a uh, veteran third base you know, coach, coach yeah. manager of team third base coach now of the Texas Rangers uh, uh, Atlanta Braves oh he's with yeah. the Braves now he had one of the most epic uh tweets ever where he tweeted a picture of himself as a, a child baby photo a baby photo with his same receding hairline <laughs> that he has now it was classic it was right. great stuff good stuff anyways we do a game show I'm sorry. Back to our yes. game show. Cloney writes our game show for us, right. and we uh, perform it. Right now, Johnson and Scooty compete against each other. And Johnson, you have the lead this season, two games to one. Over That's uh, disputed. I know there is some uh, there is some question about that. We'll we'll have to go back and double check that. But I believe sure it's three to zero. I know it's not three to zero. I'm hundred percent. Yes, hundred percent not three to zero. Uh, and it's a you've never won. I don't know if you've ever won three in a row. Yeah, Scooty. you're essentially the Neil I'm Brown like the Neil of Brown BTF. of this thing. Yeah, you're like the <laughs> Neil Brown of Bluff the Fluffs. Okay, like, come on, All get right. your crap together. Well, anyways, Cloney put us uh, a great one this week together. It is uh, Bluff the Fluffs. NFL Draft Edition. Ooh. This past weekend was NFL Draft, and so this is all Bluff the Fluff questions about the NFL okay. Draft. As always, guys, a correct answer is worth five points, a steal is worth 10 points, and final bluff is worth 25 points. During the commercial break, we had a complete and total random flip of the coin, and Johnson, you came out first. You get to go first this time. All right. It always makes me nervous because it sets me up for a steal, but let's do this. All right. Here we go. First question, Johnson, is to you. In 1936, University of Chicago running back Jay Burwanger <laughs> was the first player chosen in the first ever NFL draft. However, he never played in the NFL, and he instead became A, a dentist, B, a foam rubber salesman, C, the inventor of almond milk, or D, a high school gym teacher. 
Burwanger. Um, yeah, Burwanger. This feels like, uh, Scoot, this feels like a Dr. Burwanger. I'm going to go Dennis. I'm sorry, that's incorrect. Uh, Burwanger, first NFL draft pick ever, Scooty. Uh, what did he become? A foam rubber salesman, an inventor of almond milk, or a high school gym teacher? Well, uh, unbeknownst to Johnson, the foam rubber industry was a budding industry in the 1930s really taking off uh more lucrative than the nfl so he was a foam rubber salesman that's correct burranger the first ever nfl draft pick he was also the first ever heisman winner and the only heisman winner ever to be tackled by future president gerald ford uh he gerald ford played for michigan in the 1930s as well uh was a foam rubber salesman that's impressive i think he also came up with the concept of flubber i didn't know that you were so up on the early american rubber industry (laughs) yeah scoot's like he is a silicone like uh aficionado aficionado if you will right all right well congratulations scoot uh you got that one correct and you have a lead 10 to nothing over johnson and this next one is back to you this school leads the way with 522 players selected over the years in the nfl draft which college is it the ohio state university oklahoma usc or notre dame Mm. That's a tough one. Uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Notre Dame. That's correct for five points. Notre Dame has the most players ever selected in the NFL draft at 522. All right, Scooty has the. Lead. Isn't that weird that I I was expecting Nebraska to be on that list? Wouldn't you somebody like that? But that's that's odd to me. I think Nebraska, yes. Had had they continued at the pace you know, from the nineteen nineties, dominance, yeah. yeah. Like, well, and even, I mean, didn't they have some crazy like forty year span where they were in the top five or something? Or I don't know. Anyway, yeah, I'd love to see those numbers for Notre Dame broken. I can't down. even tell you the last we're, Nebraska we're, player drafted. Right. We, yeah. Mm, I, right. I, that's true. That's true. All right, here you go, uh, Johnson. You're down fifteen to nothing. Scooty has a commanding lead right now. But this next question is back to you. Which of the following quarterbacks was not selected before the New England Patriots selected Tom Brady with the 199th pick overall in the 2000 NFL draft? All right. Which of these quarterbacks was selected after Tom Brady? Giovanni Carmazzi from Hofstra. T. Martin from Tennessee. Jurius Jackson from Notre Dame. Or Mark Bulger from WVU. Um, I think. Um, let's see. I think Carmazzi and Martin and Bulger all went before. So I'm gonna go with. Uh, was it Jerevicious? You said. Yep. yep. I'm gonna go with him. That's correct. Jackson on Notre Dame was selected after Tom Brady, and Johnson gets five points right there. Back on the board. Good job. All right, Scooty, this next question is to you. You still have a lead, 15-5 to five over Johnson. The 2022 NFL draft saw zero players selected from WVU, and I, I just want to take a little break here and say that we do have to give Cloney a little bit of a, 
you know, demerit, if you will, because he wrote University of oh, West come Virginia. On. Oh, come Clone, Cardinal Sin. Oh. What are you doing? You can't, can't do, do that. that. Can't do That's a, you say you that out loud that. in Morgantown. We're going to protect you next meetup. You're what not getting an A plus for yeah. the semester. Yeah, that's a rough, that's a rough one. I mean, there, I think Clone's so. a budding WVU fan. He's come on, we can learn him up. Get, I like, mean, he, we we've got him watching yeah, all the come games. On. He he has no ties to the state. I whatsoever. say it's an honest mistake, but he'll know better next time. We'll give him this yeah, one pass, right. but is not it is not University no. of West Virginia. Please don't write right. that again. In the 2022 <laughs> draft, the NFL saw zero players selected from West Virginia University. When was the last time no WVU players were selected in the NFL draft? When was the last time? Was it 1995, 1999, 2001, or 2007? That's tough. That's tough. Uh, I'm going to say my heart's telling me. Your heart is telling me no. One thing, my head's... I'm going to say 2001. 2001. I'm sorry, that's incorrect. Uh, Johnson for 10 points. I think I know the answer. And the steal. Was it 95, 99, or 07? So after the 94 season, we opened, I th- or we opened the 94 season. I might be getting my seasons crisscrossed here, but we had a great run to the Sugar Bowl. Then we opened the following season against Nebraska with essentially like, some people we found wandering the mountain layer, um, a guy that sold hot dogs and people who parked cars in the blue lot, I think. So I don't think anyone was drafted in the 95 season. Sorry, that's incorrect as well. 2007. 2007 was the last time WVU that's... did not have anybody drafted in the NFL draft. That just feels wrong. I I went with. Wasn't 2001 the year Rich Rod got hired? I thought maybe there was. Yeah, you were going. I was going there. Part of the changeover might have been. That might have been a byproduct. Yeah. But hey, you know we we talk about it though all the time, guys. Like WVU puts guys in the draft. I mean, you got to come to WVU get in the get, get in the draft. Not, Not anymore. anymore. Not this year. Not anymore. All right, so nobody gets any points right there, Johnson. This next question milk's is, gone bad. <laughs> the milk's gone bad. Next question is back to you, Johnson. Scoot wishes he had f- f- four hands. You give those drafts <laughs> four give, thumbs down. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, Johnson. Of the 198 players ever selected into the draft representing WVU, how many have been inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame? So of the drafted players, how many have made it to the Pro Football Hall of Fame? Is it one, two, three, or four? Gosh, this is so tough. Um, I'm going to say two. That's correct. So uh, we know one. One's easy to get. Sam Huff. That's an easy one. Do you know the other one? No, honestly. I was thinking, I was thinking, I don't think Chuck Howley's in the hall. You're not going to get this because I didn't get it. Okay. This. I was tracking my brain. I No, I guess not. <laughs> and there, there's 0% chance Scoot would get this. Greasy Neal. <laughs> no, not Greasy Neal. He played for West Virginia in the 19... He was drafted into the NFL in 1936, played for West Virginia <laughs> okay. from 1931 well, to 1935. He chose not to go into the lucrative <laughs> rubber foam <laughs> sales career. Joe Stein... 
Joe oh, Steidahar. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Joe I know Steidahar. the name, but I would have yeah. never thought of that. Yeah. Right. So yeah. loser. We've gone to have a Joe Steidahar is a loser. Uh, <laughs> Should have gone foam rubber. <laughs> wow. I mean. Should have gone foam rubber. Uh, went on to have a coaching career with the Rams, the Packers, uh, the Cardinals, and the and the Bears. Uh, the Chicago Cardinals, that, by the he way. He had to keep working. He had to keep, he had to keep working. Uh, and to just keep up with the other uh, guy. But um, he was he was head coach for the Los Angeles Rams for a couple of years in the early 40, or late 40s and early 50s. So there you go. Uh, so congratulations, Johnson, though. You did get five points there. To bring you up to 10 points, Scoot still has the lead 15 to 5. Scooty, this is the last question before final bluff, so maybe give yourself a little bit of a cushion here. Let's see if you can get this one right. Cushion. cushion. In the 1983 NFL draft, it is regarded as one of the greatest drafts of all time. How many total touchdowns were thrown by the six quarterbacks that were taken in the first round? That's John Elway, Todd Blackledge, Jim Kelly, Tony Eason, Ken O'Brien and Dan Marino. How many total touchdowns were thrown by those guys? Was it 756, 912, 1,173, or 1,369? 1,173. That's correct. Like right off the bat, Scoot. Didn't even think about it. It's like you knew it. I did some quick <laughs> math. You did quick some math. quick math there. I, I, that's impressive. Yeah. Scoot noted quick mather. I mean, I felt like yeah. Scoot went like brilliant, like brilliant <laughs> mind right there. Like there were like numbers up on the screen, and he was like, "I was like old yeah. school. I was like Will Will Ferrell in old school. <laughs> I kind of like I saw yeah, I saw square into... roots and stuff. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, so Scooty gets uh, five points right there and continues to hold the lead 20 to 10 over Johnson. But we are at final bluff where it is worth 25 points for a correct answer. Johnson, you can take the lead. Every time we do final bluff, we ask you guys to come with your own buzzers. Johnson, what do you have for a buzzer this week? Dooski. Dooski. Okay. All right. And Scoot, what do you got for a buzzer? Hair growing. <laughs> you gonna stop there? Yeah, I was gonna let you go longer if you yeah. wanted. All right, uh, those are our buzzers this week. Um, as always, twenty-five points. This is almost a winner. This is a winner-take-all situation right here. Which current NFL franchise is the only team to have never selected a West Virginia Mountaineer in the NFL draft? There's only one team that's never selected a WVU player in the draft. Which team is it? Is it the New York football Giants, the Baltimore Ravens, the Houston Texans, or the Minnesota Vikings? Hair growing. <laughs> All right, Scooty. Uh, for 25 points and the win, who is it? Who's never selected a WVU player? It, it feels like the it feel ooh, uh, it feels like the Vikings. I'm sorry, that's incorrect. Johnson, there's still a chance. Was it the New York football Giants, the Baltimore Ravens, or the Houston Texans? Ooh, I'm going to go with the Ravens. That's correct for 25 points and the win. The Baltimore Ravens have never selected a WVU player in the NFL draft. And Johnson gets 25 points and becomes a winner. Boom. That's weird, though, right? Baltimore? His first one like, of the season. Why wouldn't... That's weird that the Ravens... 
wouldn't have selected. It is kind of weird. Me. You think the Ravens would have? Yeah, yeah just seems I mean, weird. I can't. You can't think of any though. I wonder what team has selected the most WWE. Yeah, that would players. be a good question. It feels like or the Cincinnati. Eagles. I feel like the Eagles end up with a lot of WBU guys. Like I can name three Cincinnati guys all right off the bat: Pac Man, Chris Henry, Mario Alford. Yeah. Well, Quentin Quentin spins right with there. him now. Was he drafted directly there? I can't remember. Was Was he Mister Undrafted? What was his name? Does he have a nickname? Oh, he might have been. Yeah. By the way, Clooney obviously uses Wikipedia for all of his questions. <laughs> uh, Philadelphia Eagles and the Detroit Lions are tied. Or no, our first and second. Detroit Lions. Detroit Lions are tied for uh, Philadelphia's has fifteen. Or no, Philadelphia's taken sixteen Mountaineer players over the years, and the the Lions have taken fifteen. The Ravens are the only current franchise to have not drafted a player from WVU. Interesting. Interesting. Very interesting. Uh, well, congratulations, Johnson. You now continue to hold the lead for Bluff the Fluffs. I know it's contested, and we'll have to go back and look, but according to my records, it's three games to one over Scooty right now. I like it. Let's go with that. I think you've got the winner and the, the – I think you've got the standings reversed. Um, yeah, allegedly. Allegedly. We'll look into it, Scooty. I'll, uh, we'll call – I mean, we have an intern. Yeah. This is the kind of stuff we need to use him for. Right. Like, and coffee. Tony, go back and listen to the old shows and tell us who has the lead. Where is my coffee? Yeah. I mean, and Scoot is, he's, you know, he's got the jitters. Give him a cup of coffee. All right, guys. Well, listen, we're going to wrap it up. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with another show. Thanks for listening. Uh, don't forget, you can find us online. Look for us on Instagram and Twitter at Got Your Ears. You can also find us on Facebook and check out our website, GotYourEarsOn.com. We'll be back soon with another show. Thanks, everybody, for listening. You've been listening to Got Your Ears On.